Welcome to A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. We share good news and godly wisdom to empower you to be salt and light in every season of life. God is looking for modern-day heroes who will rise to the occasion. He is looking for men and women who are uncompromising and uncommon. As we watch conditions deteriorate in Ukraine and other parts of the world, we need true intercessors to rise up. Join Doug Stringer as he equips us to confront the status quo and represent the kingdom of God in a world desperately seeking hope. After this episode, check out our show notes on your favorite streaming platform and visit awardinseasonpodcast.org to download your free 30-day devotional that will encourage you to draw closer to the Lord. If you've gleaned anything from this podcast, consider paying it forward with a gift at somebodycares.org. Now let's join our host, Doug Stringer. As conditions continue to decline in the Ukraine crisis in other parts of the world, I want to give us a little bit of perspective with true intercession to confront the status quo that we are facing today. Let me just say this, first of all, with all due respect, it's hard for me to care about all the frivolous fodder about sports and entertainers and Hollywood and listening to some of these political pundits all giving their views right now, especially in the midst of all that's going on around us and the human crisis that's taking place. Me and my team have been getting quite a few video clips from the Ukraine, from Romania, from Poland. We've been in constant communication with various organizations that we serve with, as well as partner organizations that are actually working with some of the refugees in Poland, Romania, Ukraine, as well as those being received into Israel and other surrounding areas. But one of those video clips that we received just literally broke my heart, and I couldn't share it on social media because of the graphic depictions that were on the video and some of the other videos that we've received. But one of them came from a friend of mine whose family is in the Ukraine, and it shows a whole area when Russia and so many others, even our own media was downplaying that civilians were being attacked and actually being brutalized. So this was actually last week when we received these videos. And sadly, it shows people that were lying in the streets that had been brutally killed because of missile attacks in civilian areas But one of the things that broke my heart in this video was where a woman was literally crying and screaming, where are my children? Where are my children? I didn't know what to do. I was just so overwhelmed by the words and the depictions that I saw. And these are just one of many that were getting reports of the brutality and the human crisis that is taking place. And, you know, many people have said, well, are we in the verge of World War III? Are we in the verge of of the Bible speaking about Gog and Magog and Armageddon? Look, I've talked to many friends, and, and I personally have been feeling for quite some time that we're, are we prepared for World War III? Are we, are we prepared for the days ahead? In fact, I wrote an article years ago saying, are we spiritually prepared for the days ahead? We're going back as a team and, and my staff to look at some of these words that we felt like the Lord had given us over the last 10, 15 years and kind of look in the context of where we are today. Look, we are, I believe, on the verge of a World War III. I can't say that we're on the verge of actual Armageddon, but I do believe we're at the precursor season where, just like with COVID and the last two plus years, we've been in a perfect storm. And that perfect storm is working on the minds and the emotions and the hearts of people in a global context that we've literally been following the Pied Piper. And there comes a time where the Pied Piper wants to get paid. And in so many ways, we believe the lie. In fact, to the point that now we fast forward to all these globalists and those who want to create a one world government. And we have many of us who now bought into this cashless society. We cannot buy, sell, or trade without the mark of the beast. 
Now, am I saying we've received the mark? I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is they first have to groom us in our thinking to even be able to move into a place of wanting to receive an actual mark of the beast when that time comes. I do believe we are in a precursor. I do believe that we're being set up. I do believe that our hearts are being overwhelmed. I believe that our minds are being trained. I believe that there are nefarious players in the global stage that are puppeteers trying to manipulate for their own benefit and using the rest of us. And that being said, I do believe that that is diabolical. I do believe it is a biblical proportion of the Antichrist spirit being released. In fact, back in the 1980s, I used to say quite often to our team in our Bible studies and the citywide Bible studies I was doing back in Houston in those days, that when the Berlin Wall came down, I said, look, there's a, now we're saying peace, peace because of unwalled villages. In other words, the walls have come down, but the spirit that was behind those walls has now been unleashed to the rest of the world. In other words, just because the physical Berlin Wall came down, representing the separation of East and West, I felt the spirit behind the communism, the spirit by these dictators, a spirit that came behind the old uh, the socialist uh, nations and, be, and behind the USSR and Russia, that one day those things would come to a, a greater degree of unleashing to the world and that we had not seen the end of it yet. And we fast forward now to 2022, and we see that being lived out right before us. In fact, much of the world is now looking for, what do we do now? What do we do? We're in the midst of COVID. We're in the midst of internal conflicts in our own nation. We're in the midst of global conflicts. In fact, Jesus speaks about it in Luke chapter 21. There would be wars and rumors of wars. There would be ethnic fighting, nation against nation, ethnos against ethnos, kingdom against kingdom. Earthquakes and famines, natural and human crises would increase. We're seeing that right before our very eyes. And yet the Lord says in Luke 21, verse 13, Jesus himself says to his church, but it shall be an occasion for your testimony. Regardless of our eschatology, regardless of what we might be uh, thinking where we are today, whatever situation we're going through is still an opportunity for us as the church to get to a place of understanding our moment to minister to the needs of those around us. There are still multitudes of multitudes in the Valley of Decision, and they need to have the gospel, the good news presented to them, even in the midst of the crisis. In fact, as conditions have continued to decline in Ukraine, and, and by the time we hear this podcast, it, it will be, of course, more have ha has happened. But I want to say that our Somebody Cares teams and partners and organizations and relief have continued to communicate with all of our friends and churches that we're connected to, working in that whole region of Ukraine and Romania and Poland and the surrounding areas to bring badly needed assistance. In fact, our Somebody Cares International partner, Crisis Relief International, and others have already deployed in helping to provide urgent aid, trauma support, supplies, and hope to the displaced refugees. They're based right now in, in Krakow, Poland and are serving the arriving refugees and those that have arrived, but will also be providing relief at the border and resources to civilians and resistant fighters inside of Ukraine. The churches in surrounding countries are encouraging their members to invite refugees into their homes, trying to rent empty homes where they can place families who have fled their, their country of Ukraine. And, and these churches are in need of supplies and funding like food, clothing, shelter, diapers, blankets, and, uh, and the like to help the thousands of Ukrainians who fled with only what they could carry or what was on their back. The European director of one of the denominations that we work with told us that there are waiting lines outside in freezing weather to cross borders and to get food. 
The need for blankets is huge, he said as well. Other contacts have told us they are in need of Bibles with an overwhelming number of requests from those desperately seeking the hope of God's word. So in the midst of tragedy, we're also getting reports about the acts of brave citizens and emerging leaders and people of character who are rising to the occasion of the needs. So let me talk about perspective, true intercession, and and confronting the status quo. You see, I believe there's no doubt that we need to return to the Holy Scriptures with so much divisiveness, instability, and challenges in our own country and around the world. We need a plumb line of God's truth to guide and direct us to the answer we all need. You see, true intercession is not just hiding in the prayer closet or getting into our holy huddles, but it's standing in the gap between the living and the dead. Like Moses and Aaron, as they grabbed the censers of incense, symbolic of intercession, they ran to stand in front of those who were perishing, begging for God to stop the plague of sin. They cried out for mercy, for God to move on behalf of of their people. And likewise, many of us have prayed, some of us maybe for decades, and especially right now, crying out in intercession, God, stop the plague of sin. God, stop what is going on, these senseless things. The people have been seared of conscience. Stop the lies of the enemy over this nation and around the world. See, God is hearing our cries, I believe. He hears the cries of his people, and he's still on the throne. That's something we have to be remembering at all times, that Jesus is still on the throne. He is still the King of kings and Lord of lords. In fact, Colossians 1 says that that all things are made to, through, for, and by him, that all kingdoms, principalities, rulerships, and dominions are subject to him, And I've got to hold on to that promise and knowing that we serve the creator of the heavens and the earth and they're all kingdoms and authorities and principalities, even nations must be subject to him. But there is a spiritual dynamic that's at play here that we must understand our spiritual responsibility of contending on our knees and in the spirit realm. See, God didn't just bring us to such a time as this to leave us hanging. I believe there is a cleansing taking place first in me and and those around us and to all of us and many pastors we've looked up to in the past and leaders in the political realm and even businesses and athletes and and entertainers they've been failing and 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 failing us but in the midst of the cleansing God is raising up a new generation of I believe Samuel's Esther's Bruce a generation of Deborah's Daniel's and Joseph's they are a new prophetic generation of righteousness just as God exposed the sins of Hophni and Phineas and raise up Samuel as a righteous judge and a voice of truth to his generation. So I believe God is going to to expose unrighteousness and raise up a new generation. And I believe that God is raising up a prophetic generation and voices who are not just prophesying for their own self-adulation and their own gain, but because they fear God and seek his kingdom first. In fact, I've said over and over for the last couple of decades, from preachers to politicians, from pulpits to political offices and all in between, we need a revival of character. Those who love God and love his people more than they love themselves. In fact, those who love the people they're called to serve more than they love themselves. So God is raising up a prophetic voice of people and a generation who do not just toot their own horns, so to speak, and define their own personal preferences and gains, but because they truly are seeking after God and seeking his kingdom first. You see, Joel 2, 17 says, uh, in a you see, Joel chapter 2, verse 17 provides a vivid picture of true intercession. He says, Let the priest who minister before the Lord weep between the temple porch and the altar. Let them say, Spare your people, O Lord. Do not make your inheritance an object of scorn, a byword among the nations. 
Why should they say among the peoples, where is their God? I believe there are voices in the world today almost pointing their fingers and says, where is your God? Where is your God? But we know that we serve the living God. The world is looking for answers. And why should they say, where is your God? See, God is looking for modern day heroes of the faith that rise to the occasion, who like Moses and Aaron are willing to stand between the living and the dead to stop the plague of sin and the destruction upon the people. There is not a comfortable place to be. This is not a comfortable place to be. Most of us would rather be spectators in the epic battles of our times. Hurrah for Jesus, we we shout from the grandstands. Or maybe we're more concerned or upset about our possible baseball strike than we are for a world in crisis. Instead of standing in the gap between the living and the dead, we sit in comfort on our padded pews and our holy huddles. Instead of running into the flames to rescue lost souls, we piously hide out in our stained glass coffins. I know that sounds harsh, but sometimes we need to be jolted into reality. George MacLeod, a famous Scottish preacher, once said, and I've shared this before, I simply argue that the cross should be raised in the center of the marketplace as well as on the steeple of the church. I'm recovering the claim that Jesus was not crucified between two candles, but on a cross between two thieves. On the town's garbage heap at a crossroads, so cosmopolitan, they had to write his title in Hebrew, in Latin, and in Greek, at the kind of place where cynics talk smut, and thieves curse, and soldiers gamble, because that is where he died. That is what he died for, and that is what he died about. And that is where church people ought to be, and what church people ought to be about. Echoing that same passion for intercessory evangelism, C.T. Studd said, Some like to live within the sound of church or chapel bells. I'd rather run a rescue shop within a yard of hell. And to quote my friend, the Bishop Dale Bronner in Atlanta, he says, Our passion for Christ must be greater than our passion for anything else. Is there hope that we can really make an impact? Yes, I believe. And indeed, as Wiki Prattney, my longtime friend, says, when God finds someone with courage to pray, preach, and live a life before him of holiness and compassion, he can literally change the face of a nation. You see, courage and character in any man or woman shine most brightly in times of crisis and intense pressure. I believe the sirens and alarms have been screaming a resounding cry for many, many years. Spare your people, O Lord. You and I can be part of the largest mobilized rescue effort in our day as we reach the multitudes living on the edge of eternity. The question is, will we answer the call? I do believe that we've got to become those who have a true perspective in the midst of what's going on. And as I said earlier, it's hard for me, with all due respect, to care about some of the frivolous things that we see on television, the fodder about sports and strikes, potential strikes, and every entertainer has an opinion. Every political pundit has an opinion. The news media that I believe are following the Pied Piper in many ways and trying to get their ratings higher rather than speaking the truth. I believe as Christians, though, we're called to speak the truth in love, seasoned with grace, but we must speak the truth nonetheless. We must be a people first to do that. We have to be lovers of truth. The Bible says in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 that if we don't have a love for the truth, we can be given over to strong delusion. I believe we have a world that is delusional right now, and a whole lot of people that normally would be sensible have been seared of conscience. We need to confront the status quo. And one of the ways that we confront the status quo is that we must recognize that there is a clash of cultures that we are not of this world, but we live in it. We must represent the kingdom of God. And to do so, we must be uncompromising and uncommon in our representation of the kingdom of God 
that it's not about me, it's not about you, it's about lifting up the name of Jesus, because Jesus says that if he is high lifted up, he would draw all men unto himself. And for you and me, we're all called to lead in some capacity. People are watching, people are following. We must be uncompromising and uncommon in our covenant commitments to the Lord and to our relationships. As a friend of mine, Dr. Roger Parrott is the president of Belhaven University, and I was sharing on a previous podcast, we talked about the long view and opportunity leadership. I believe that just like Dr. Roger Parrott wrote in his book, Opportunity Leadership, that it's not about trying to get the five and 10 year plan. What is the moment we're living in right now? What is the opportunity we have right now to take opportunity of the time to let God's light so shine in us? Jesus said in Matthew 5, 16, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and bring glory to your Father in heaven. This is a moment in the midst of global crisis for the church to arise, to let the light of Christ shine in and through us. I believe it's time to confront the clash of cultures, to confront the status quo, to confront just playing church. As you've heard me say many times before, cosmetic Christianity is like costume jewelry. It has a whole lot of high gloss, but cheap merchandise. It might look good, but it has no value. We need the real deal. We don't need a shadow of the kingdom of God. We need the manifestations of the kingdom of God in and through his people in a world that desperately needs the truth and needs to be set free by that truth. I've said often, time like light makes things manifest. Given enough time, the true character of a man or woman is made known. The consistency of your covenant commitments, as well as your desire for the purposes of God in your life, becomes a testament of who you really are. We may not always feel like we measure up to what others expect of us, or even the standards that we may place on ourselves. I know that's true for me. God is not asking for our perfection. He's only asking for our honesty and sincerity of heart and our availability and simple obedience. He, that is the perfect one, by his abounding, great, and amazing grace upon our lives, is more than able to perfect that which he has begun in each and every one of us. So yes, we are in a situation, I believe, globally, where we need the presence of God like never before. But it has to start by you and me first being honest with ourselves, taking that knee posture with our faces towards the ground, our hearts towards heaven, and say, God, we need your intervention, and we need your wisdom, and we need your discernment if we're going to confront the status quo, if we're going to walk as true intercessors who can stand between the living and the dead, to stand between the plague of sin, and to make practical intercession, not just in our prayer closets or our holy huddles. I believe this is a time for uncommon and uncompromising people to stand up knowing that we have the scepter of God's intercession. We have the scepters of prayer. We have the place of being able to stand before God, crying to heaven for his intervention. I know in Ukraine, they're crying out right now. I know in surrounding nations, they're crying out right now. In fact, some of our Friends that have been part of our staff or working in Israel, they've received over one or 200 Ukrainian orphans already, as well as hundreds and hundreds of Ukrainians that have come in as refugees and doing Aliyah into Israel. And then, of course, in Romania and Poland and surrounding nations, so much disruption going on right now. And this is just the beginning of the domino effect if we don't stand up in our hearts and spirit in intercession between the living and the dead and crying on to heaven for his manifest presence like never before. God's not looking for your perfection. He's looking for your availability and your simple obedience. We hope you enjoyed this episode of A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends. 
and ask you to prayerfully consider supporting the ministry at somebodycares.org or by texting your donation amount to 805-422-7348. Please join us again for A Word in Season with Doug Stringer and Friends.